Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio, this is Political Breakdown. I'm Marisa Lagos, coming to you from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm Scott Schaefer, and today on The Breakdown, we'll talk about all that's going on with the Democrats here in the desert and talk to the woman who leads Nevada's most powerful labor union. Yeah, first, Scott, though, we had a kind of crazy week. Let's be honest here. A little bit of ping-ponging around. Wednesday, we woke up in Sacramento, went anchored, hosted, helped out with the coverage of Gavin Newsom's second state of the state speech, uh, then flew to Vegas for the Dem debate. So let's quickly talk about that state of the state. Yeah, well, clearly, I mean, the governor, sort of a little bit of an aberration. He focused mostly on one topic, homelessness, a little bit about housing as well. Uh, Clearly, that is the top issue uh, on the minds of voters in California. And the governor really wanted to dig down on that. And he laid out a broad, I would say a broad sort of blueprint for what he wants to do in terms of uh, addressing some of the needs of people both on the street and people who are at at risk of being on the street. And it was interesting that, you know, there was actually a pretty positive reaction from Republicans in the legislature. In the building, building. building, yeah. Outside Republicans were not. Not People running for office were not. But I do think, yeah, that this is really sort of the start of, you know, him laying down the gauntlet seeming to understand that this issue could really make or break his future as a politician. Um, and so we're going to have plenty of time to chew over that moving forward. But let's talk about why we're here. And we're actually standing, we're we should say, outside of the, of the Culinary, the culinary union. union. It's a kind of a cool building. It's, it's very really historic, cool. actually. And we're going to talk to the leader of the union about some of that history. Uh, and yeah, we let's should say, set the stage here. Yeah, so uh, they've been in the news in the last few weeks because this union has fought for decades to get some very... Uh, um, generous health care benefits that they've right. they have earned their actually own as clinics part of their here. they have their own clinics and so there was concern among a lot of members that the single payer plan that Bernie Sanders is promoting would actually require them to let go of those benefits uh, in exchange for the single payer plan that, uh, that Sanders is proposing for everyone. And there was there was quite a bit of yeah. dust up over that. Yeah, and I think we're going to hear a lot about that from G. Conda Arguello Klein, who is the secretary treasurer of this union. That is the head position here. Um, but what was interesting, you know, we are in a state that has turned far more blue over recent years than it used to be. A lot of that is the growing immigrant, particularly Latino population. And immigrants from California, too, I and, would say. Yeah. But, um, and this union, as you said, represents 60,000 workers. And, and they came up, I mean, 
maybe a dozen times, name checked the culinary union in the debate um, on Wednesday night. And and that just, I think, speaks to both the power of the union, but also sort of what they represent, which is this changing face um, of Nevada. Exactly. And of course, this a lot has been made of the fact that this is the first caucus or primary where it is not 90% white, which it was, of course, in Iowa and New Hampshire. And so it was interesting to see the candidates, you know, speaking, talking about different things, a little bit about immigration. Healthcare was discussed in a different way. Uh, but clearly, the concerns of voters here in Nevada are, you know, somewhat different. There's overlap. But uh, a lot of the issues, whether it's uh, criminal justice reform and the way police deal with people of color, health care, environmental issues even, and environmental justice, they're, they're, they're felt differently in a state like Nevada than they are in, say, Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, talking a little bit more specifically about the debate, it was by far the most sort of raucous. Uh, night in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and, and I think in a way, you know, I'm sure there are people who might disagree with me, but I thought it was the most fun to watch because it felt like the candidates were really there. They were lively. They were engaged. Um, Elizabeth Warren had, I think, a stellar night. And I think, to your point, a lot of what she was doing was speaking to those voters of color, right? Was this, you know, whether it was a tax on Michael Bloomberg over his non-disclosure agreements with young women, whether it was about stop and frisk. Just to be clear, that was the corporation, right? What? That had, that had those NDAs. Well, I mean, they were his complaints company. against him okay. about his behavior and they signed NDAs. It was about comments he had made and, and, and the work culture that they felt he fostered, a hostile work environment. Um, and she really went after him on that one. I think, um, you know, it was, uh, we saw a lot of fireworks between Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar as well. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's going to change the dynamics? I don't know. You know, I think, you know, Bloomberg sort of parachuted in. This is the first time he has really had to face questions, and he did. I mean, you say Elizabeth Warren did well. She was really the chief prosecutor uh, during that debate, and uh, you know he is going to debate in the next one, uh, but which he, is like four days away. So yeah, close. <laughs> yeah, and so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. He's not on the ballot in uh, the next two uh, races, but then Super Tuesday comes around, and he is, and we'll see. I mean, obviously, I think part of the intensity last night was that there's so much on the line. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, some of these candidates, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden. I mean, their backs are to the wall. And so last night was kind of like do or die. Right, if you don't change it. Yeah, and I think one thing that is interesting, we know here in Nevada, sitting here on Thursday, that about 50% of uh, eligible voters have already weighed in or, or expected voters. Um, so maybe last night's debate doesn't change much here. But in California, the numbers we talked about just a couple of weeks with voting expert uh, Paul Mitchell are actually lower than he anticipated. About 9 or 10% of absentee ballots, vote-by-mail ballots, have been turned in in California. That means a lot of people seem to be hanging on to their ballots and are waiting to make a choice, maybe even until after South Carolina. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because you don't want to vote for somebody who's going to drop out, you know, uh, before the actual Super Tuesday, March 3rd. So people are waiting to see what happens. All right. We are, too. Um, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will walk inside and talk to Giaconda Arguello Klein. She is the head of the Culinary Union. You're listening to Political Breakdown from KQED Public Radio. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. 
Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Welcome back to Political Breakdown. I'm Marisa Lagos here with Scott Schaefer, and we are in Las Vegas at the Culinary Workers Union headquarters, and we're here to talk with the secretary treasurer of their union, Jikanda Arguello-Klein. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. So um, to put this in perspective, you guys represent 60,000 workers in Las Vegas. Can you just talk about what that means in the realm of politics? It's a pretty important uh not just union, but sort of organization for Nevada. Yeah, we're the largest immigrant organization in Nevada. We represent 60,000 workers, uh, workers, you know, with their family and everything. Uh, their kids, it's 135,000 people, really, you know, who uh, who live in this community. And, uh, and we always contact and communicate with them. Uh, right now, when it's the political season, the political time, uh, we want uh, every single worker know what's going on with every presidential candidate. Uh, it's so important for us, you know, and it's been uh, a long process. It's not like a process from yesterday. Uh, last year, we started talking to the people, uh, talking to the members inside, and, and it's, we did a poll first, and then we did a, a survey with the and asking question about the issues they really concern in this country, what's going on right now for them, and what is affecting them. Uh, and, and then last year, we started inviting a presidential candidate, and this year, presidential candidates come over here. We have seven different presidential candidates come to the Union Hall. Uh, we have town hall. We invite members to come. Uh, we give an opportunity to every single candidate to uh, explaining to them how they go, what they going to do if they gonna be the president, the president one day. Uh, that was a great thing because they have an opportunity to very close to see the candidates and talk to them. After that, uh, we put in a scorecard, and in this scorecard, we explaining about this candidate is done with this issue. Uh, you know, you really concerned about immigration all the time because with the largest immigrant, well, this this presidential candidate say this about immigration. This presidential candidate say this about the health care. Uh, and that was the one that yeah. people really cared. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what the people really care, you know. Yeah. Uh, they care a lot about the health care. They care a lot about immigration because we have a lot of immigrants. Give us a sense of, you have like 60,000 members, I think. Uh, give us a sense of what is it like to work in the service industry here in Las Vegas on the Strip and elsewhere? What, what What's the range of things that your members do? Uh, the members, they work inside the, inside the casinos. Uh, you know, that's like at the heart of the city here. You know, the casinos provide the jobs, but the members have middle-class jobs because they've been fighting for so many decades to have the jobs. And the jobs they do, they clean rooms, you know, that we have guest room attendant, and they clean the rooms. Uh, and we have these watchers. We have cooks. We have food servers. Uh, we have cocktail waiters, uh, you know, we have banquet servers. Uh, we, they serving uh, the people, they are hospitality, 
industry, you know, and service industry. They serving the people, they come to Las Vegas, and they have middle-class jobs, and it's not being easy to uh, make uh, that jobs a middle-class jobs. You know, the economics for us, we always believe one job should be enough for every person to work, not running from one job to another. We feel very um, proud about that middle-class uh, wages, but at the same time, They've been having, um, for the case, they've been fighting for having good health care. And uh, that's one thing we really cons uh, always concern and been fighting for for the case. We have strikes in the city, and we have a strike for nine months and a half. We have a strike for six years, four months and days for protect the health care. And right now, you know, uh, w when we present in the, the, in the scorecard about the healthcare issue, we're explaining every member, we want to have healthcare for every single person. Right. We believe every person need to have healthcare. But uh, we want to have uh, an auction, and this is uh, what every presidential candidate uh, uh, presented. Uh, that's what our union stand. You can have public uh, healthcare, you know, the government can provide to the one they don't have and, 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 and respect the one we have because we feel very proud about we have the best healthcare in Nevada. Can we back up a little? Because you have a pretty remarkable personal story of how you ended up leading this group. Um, I know you were born in Nicaragua and your family moved to the United States in your 20s. Can you just tell us a little bit about your childhood and why you guys, I think, f basically fled the country after a revolution, right? Yeah, we have a revolution over there and I leave my country. Uh, you know, have a, I was a very young woman when I came to the uh, United States. I came with my daughter and some of my family uh, to this country. And uh, we left the country because we want to be safe over here in the United States. And I applied for political asylum. I, be, I, I live in this country more than 40 years, you know. <laughs> and I really, I live uh, 24 years in my country, but uh, all my life I've been living here in the United States. And right now, tell you the truth, it's been a um, tough time because uh, after 40 years, I've been feeling like uh, when we put that scorecard inside the hotel about the healthcare, I've been receiving Twitters, threats, um, calls saying, leave this country, you're the enemy of the country, uh, only because we're telling the truth, the members saying, and it's a terrible um, feeling to... Uh, uh, see how anger people can be and how hate, how much hate it is to try to put, uh, uh, to, you know, say anything. And, and what I don't like it is being only to the two women of colors here in the local. Uh, we have Bethany Khan, what is the communication director, and myself. And uh, we receiving texts, phone calls, Twitters, and for no, the only reason is because we say, okay, the presidential candidates stand like this in your health care. You had to decide. Was this a specific candidate supporters, Bernie Sanders supporters? Yes. Uh, uh, you know, it's the followers of Senator Sanders, and I think that's their style uh, to try to intimidate women uh, and to intimidate minorities. And last night when I was to the debate, because I heard what Senator Sanders say, uh, but uh, he said, too, oh, you know, 
we know is bad people around. And he said, uh, two African-American women who work in my campaign, they're going through millions of uh, harassments. Uh, well, my answer is this. We have to stop uh, people harass people. First, I don't work for any political candidate. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't work for that. I, I really uh, represent the members, and that's what I, I have. My first responsibility in this union is to tell the truth to the members, to tell the facts. And I feel like uh, we have to be stronger with his followers uh, because that that not going to go nothing benefit to anybody in this country. When you live in this country for 40 years, and I'm being every single day working in my life, you know, I work, uh, and I've been in every in the culinary union. I've been for 30 years. I'm being in march. I'm being in rallies and civil disobedience. Not only in Las Vegas. I've been in another state doing that type of demonstration. My family, they never been concerned, never. But now, I was at the Palms rally yesterday. My son sent me a text. Please be careful at the rally. Mm-hmm. I that kind of switch in my life. I'm very upset about that switch in my life, but that's not going to stop me, and that not intimidate me. Well, they made me stronger because I see the difference how they treat the women of colors and how they treat the president. The president not receive one Twitter, one phone call, one nothing, the president of the union. Yeah. <laughs> you, you came to the United States as a young woman, uh, and you left as a political refugee. You left Nicaragua. Yeah. What, did you, what do you remember from that, and how... What did your experience in Nicaragua, do you think, affect the way you look at politics in this country? I don't think it affects me in nothing when I've been in the union for 30 years and I've been willing to uh, do civil disobedience for fighting for workers and for justice. Uh, I know when the fam- what the families need. Uh, you know, my father is my father. He was the one who, who, who worked, you know, in the government. I know have. I, it's my father. I respect. I love my father. I will do whatever I need to do for my dad if he's still alive, but he passed away. But I've been in 30 years. The only thing I've been doing is fighting for the working people, fighting for a better life, be with them in every line. I was one of the lead organizers in the Frontier Strike. Talk about that, because that's remarkable. Six years you guys were on strike? The, uh, the, me- the, the, uh, the frontier striker, the heroes, they were six years, four months, ten days. Was that over health care uh, also? Uh, and they was fighting for health care. Uh, and if you had 30 years of your life, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to have better life for people. Uh, and, and for myself, I feel like that, I have a daughter who have a health condition. And that motivated me when I, I was a rank and file committee leader to fight for health care. Is that kind of what got you into the yeah, leadership? that's what I, I, I started to get involved in the union. And when I, people attack me and say, and I don't want to have health care for another people, you know, when I've been saying we want to have a public auction for people have health care, and I know what it is to be a mother when you have a kid sick, don't tell me that. I've been fighting for people have public auction to have health care, but I've been fighting for my union, and the union is the one who fights so hard, the member fights so hard to get this health care. The only thing we're asking is for an auction, for a choice. That's it. 
but don't 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 attack us for tell the truth, please. I'm wondering what you think is the the healthcare issue really is the real was the boiling point for the relationship with Bernie Sanders and some of the back and forth that you talked about. I'm wondering if you feel, because I'm sure the the leaders of the union feel one way, perhaps, but then the members, and you have a lot of members, might feel differently about candidates. So the union chose not to endorse anybody. Tell us about that. First of all, why did you decide not to endorse anyone? We don't endorse anybody because uh, we respect every single different candidate. Uh, And it's not the first time we don't endorse. That's the thing. It's not the first time. We make a decision to we really focus in our goals. Our goal is uh, one job to be enough for every family, and we want to have a presidential candidate who fight for this country, uh, give it to the working class what they need, not only for the rich. And right now we have a president who only care about the rich. Uh, we want to have uh, a president who do things for the immigration reform. And we have 11 million people with they not have uh, uh, any anything in life, only fears to get deported. And I was in that shape before because I have a parole, and I don't know when my parole gonna be expired and no give me anymore my permit. I fighting with all my heart about that situation because I know what it is to live in that situation. But I know what it is to when you're fighting really hard for your health insurance and being with the frontier strikers and the pickle line, fighting for that. Uh, you know, we are really, the only thing we've been saying to the members is the facts. If the member had the right to decide, you know, that we respect the members. And the members will decide what political candidate they want. And we will, at the end, what we're going to do is knocking door, fucking, uh, make phone calls, uh, organize, be sure to defeat President Trump. Doesn't no matter who? Doesn't matter who is the, the Democratic candidate, because we care about what happened in this country. You know, I, I, I really, when somebody say and accuse the, the unions, you know, for saying, oh, you know one for the rest of the people, we've been saying from day one, we want to have a choice. We want to have a public, uh, act, you know, health care for the people who don't have health care or government health care. I don't know how they can call uh, and give it to the members the option to they decide they want to keep them, their own health care. But that's the one way street. And, you know, that's the disagreement. But. My agreement is we're going to defeat Trump. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just joining us, I'm Marisa Lagos here with Scott Schaefer. We are sitting down in Las Vegas with Giconda Arguello Klein. She is the head of the Culinary Workers Union. And, you know, Gio, this state has changed dramatically. I think some people see it as sort of the future of the way the rest of the country could be changing um, in terms of the growing immigrant population, Latinos especially, in, cl- in terms of it becoming more democratic. Can you talk about how politics have changed in Nevada since you started getting involved at the union. Does it feel different in 2020, um, putting the healthcare stuff aside maybe, but for Democrats? I think, and uh, uh, at least I can tell you about the union, uh, you know, we are a um, very strong political organization. We take really serious, uh, you know, uh, the elections because we know what affecting the state, what affecting us uh, uh, federal, uh, the federal government make a lot of decision for us. Uh, we want to have uh, leaders who they really care 
about what happened to us in Nevada and what happened in the rest of the country. That's why we take the time. We have a thousand uh, shop stewards inside the casinos, and we have the internal organizers, uh, and we take the time to explain it to everybody, look, uh, we need to have this leader because supporting you in these issues, uh, you're really affecting your family, my family, and all us together. When we vote, we don't vote for one person. Uh, we always explaining the members. Sometimes in one house, you have two people, they citizen, but five, they living in the house. And we explaining the people, if you know vote, you're affecting all your family. You have to go vote because uh, if you have that, uh, that right, you know, and other people in the past really sacrificed for we have this right, and you now have in your hand the future of your entire family who live in home, you need to go both, take the time. And what we do is make phone calls, uh, sending texts, uh, uh, leaflet in different language. You know, we have Tagalog, American, Chinese, Spanish, English, to communicate with the members do they know what's going on, and they make the right decision when they vote. And that's what we do. So Nevada has a caucus, and we had early voting, and I know you had people early voting here uh, mm-hmm. in the last week or so. Um, what What's going to happen on Saturday night, uh, and how will the union be participating in that? Because we saw what happened in Iowa. There was a lot of confusion. Um, are you confident that things are going to go smoothly on Saturday? I think uh, the early voting has been helping a lot. Uh, you know, we have, I think, over 70,000 people already, uh, you know, they uh, in these four days. Uh, uh, you know, do their both. I think uh, uh, Saturday uh, we had to, f- I'm positive person, and I believe, uh, you know, people is working really hard to have a successful CACOS, uh, but it's very important they show up. Really, really important they show up because we have a president who we need to defeat and remove him. You know, we cannot live in the way we're living in this country with division and hate. Uh, that's not what we want for the few next four years. And we had to thinking in that 11 million people, they need to have an immigration reform. And we had to have a candidate who's going to fight for have one job to be enough. And we want to have, uh, you know, we're going to work uh, very hard, uh, you know, with working and putting our message. We want to have a public uh, public uh, choice, you know, if you need the health care, enjoy your public uh, uh, government health care, and if you keep our own health care. But at the end, we're going to join uh, the, the Democratic candidate, and we're going to work hard, hard, hard. You know, we do all the time. Uh, to defeat your, your union is so organized and you've done you know so well in getting your members to participate what what do other unions in other states like what do they have to learn from the culinary union well i think we're learning from each other for me uh, i think uh, everybody has something to offer everybody has their own members and they know what they're doing with their members but uh, well we know we are in right to work state and uh, we have to organize every single day uh, it's the only way we can keep it 95%, 90% of membership in the casinos. Uh, you know, people, that they know the union is stronger when the members, they are stronger. And and we disagree and agree. We, you know, it's, uh, it's part of life. You know, no everybody's thinking and see the same color or you like the same color like 
everybody like the same color. You know, we brothers and sisters, and like brothers and sisters, we got together, and when we need to fight together against a company, we go together, and when we no agree, we no agree. But uh, our job is we're going to put the facts, you like it or no, you decide. And a lot of times that way, you know, when we have negotiations uh, and we are in negotiation, some people agree, some people disagree, but at the end they vote. If the majority agree to recommend the contract, they will recommend the contract to the workers. And then we bring the workers. You know, if the majority agree to accept the contract, they accept the contract. If they don't agree, they, they have to be willing to fight. And then when we had the big fights, we had 25,000 people at the Thomas Mac. If the majority agree to go strike, we're going to go strike. If they don't agree to go strike, we're not going to go strike. Because it's a hard You know, it's, it's, a, a, hard it's a very hard decision all the time to make in life. That's the, what the union is about. And us, um, we always going to tell the truth uh, to the members. Uh, people don't like it or like it, uh, you know, but the truth is the truth. And we're not, we're not going to stop, you know, nobody intimidate us. Do you feel that the membership seems more energized than they were in 2016? Does it feel any different? I think uh, they see a lot of candidates, <laughs> you know. And they even ask me, I say, look, I know we're not endorsing this year. You, you, have, you, you have your, your uh, information, you're going to make a decision. And, and you know what you need to do. Uh, you know, I and they come in. Sometimes I'm, I'm there, and you know, when I was voting, and asked me, "Hey, who are you, for who are you gonna vote?" I said, "That's my vote. You have yours." But are they excited? Do you think? Uh, I think. Well, we've been having good tour now so far. Yeah. You know, to electing the candidate, and I hope Saturday people, everybody show up. All right. Thank you so Thank much, Jaconda Arguello Klein. She is the head Thank of you. the Culinary Union. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for this week's political breakdown from Vegas, baby. Our producer is Guy Marzarati and our engineer is Seal Muller. KQD's leadership team includes Holly Kernan, Ethan Lindsay, Vinny Tong, Jonathan Blakely, and Julie Kane. I'm Scott Schaefer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Schaefer. And I'm Maurice Lagos. You can find me on Twitter at MLagos. That is a wrap for this week's political breakdown. We'll see you after the Democratic caucuses. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate dot kqed dot org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks